Hey, innovators, welcome to the Innovation Leaders Club podcast. The content in this podcast comes from an excerpt from our academy. How to prepare an effective creativity session. Creativity is not chaos, and it shouldn't be. When leading creativity sessions, the so-called brainstorming, you must be organized so that the creativity flow is managed to ultimately end up with a prioritized list of the best ideas. Other than that, you'll be generating deception. This podcast covers two key subjects to respond to this question. First, determining how to hold a productive brainstorming and creativity session to get appreciable and predictable results out of this powerful innovation source. And secondly, discussing which tools should be used to score, sort, and prioritize your ideas to push the best ones further. What is the Innovation Leaders Club Academy? The Academy aims to share for free the content of the discussions the Innovation Leaders Club members have during their venues in North America and Europe. To prepare an effective creativity session, you must first clearly understand the problem or opportunity you wish to seize. One of the most popular strategies in identifying a real problem is the five whys analysis. Using this technique will enable you to quickly remove the layers of distracting indications that are keeping you from detecting the real causes of a problem. The five whys analysis is a simple tool for drilling down a request to identify the root cause of a problem by asking why five times. However, it is vital to clarify that asking five times is situational. There are instances when you can discover the root cause after asking why three times, or you may even have to ask more than five times to reach the answer. Regardless of the specific number, coming up with the root cause is the overall objective. Let's take an electrician asking for a fixture on the ceiling as an example. How is the five whys used in determining the root cause? The first part involves meeting with people familiar with the area in which the problem is related and giving them information to approach and understand the problem. In this example, the electrician reported that he would like a lighter fixture from the supplier. Meet directly with the customer, ideally in person or by using a remote communication platform such as Teams. Then start asking why. Continue asking why at least five times and remember to challenge the resulting answer beyond conventional origins to encourage a thorough search instead of settling for reasons that are known and true. Upon identifying the cause, determine the cause with the most significant impact on the problem and prioritize it. Lastly, find the solutions for the most critical issue and analyze its impact and effectiveness. To come back to the light fixture example, by repeatedly asking why to the electrician who made the installation, the lighting company arrives at the underlying root cause of the request. Why would you like a lighter fixture? To make it easier to handle. Why would you like a fixture that's easier to handle? To make it easier to install by holding it with one hand. Why would you like it to be easier to install with one hand? To be able to install it alone. Why would you like to install it alone? By applying the five whys analysis, the root cause of the problem to solve is determined. With that in mind, this brings us to find the solution. In this case, when an electrician is making an installation, he could do everything on his own 
except the fixture installation, which requires two people for 30 minutes. However, the real problem is to conceive a fixture that an electrician can install alone. This will reduce the installation cost by having only one worker on site instead of two. Since often there is more than one cause, let's proceed to discuss the affinity diagram and how it is used to determine the major causes. The idea creation method taps a team's creativity and intuition. It was created in the 1960s by Japanese anthropologist Hiro Kawakita. Interestingly, it is still relevant today considering that everything is getting more complex. The affinity diagram is a simple tool for putting together a significant number of detailed and interrelated causes and grouping them according to broad topics. Furthermore, it analyzes large amounts of data and discovers relationships that allow a design direction based on the association often used to group ideas generated by brainstorming. In addition, this helps in focusing on the bigger issue or the major root causes. The first step in using the affinity diagram involves brainstorming the issues and recording each with a pen on separate notes or cards. Here's an example of the affinity diagram with regards to the causes of substandard customer service. As shown here, there is a random collection of potential causes for potential reasons, including, but not limited to, untrained staff, low morale, and a lack of a standard system, among others. For the second step of this example, start by looking for causes that may seem related, then place them in one column. The rest of the causes are sorted into related groups. This process is repeated until all the causes are placed in groups. Ideally, all of the causes can be sorted into related groups. However, if some loners do not fit in any of the groups, do not force them as they may identify under their own header. Last, proceed to discuss the headers and identify the major causes by creating the finished diagram. The determined headers include human resources issues, lack of a standard process of measurement, workplace culture, resources, and tools, among others. Make sure that you write the major cause at the top of the diagram and place a header card above each group of issues. This will allow the team to review and discuss the points for clarification and documentation. Now that the major causes are identified, it is possible to prioritize ideas and create resolutions for improvement. The fishbone diagram or Ishikawa diagram is useful for identifying the root cause of a problematic solution. If you like this content, you can watch the full version with animation by accessing it on YouTube. Simply search the exact title of this podcast to find out more. Also, if you don't want to miss a podcast, subscribe now and get notifications for real and practical innovation management practices coming directly from club members. Last but not least, part three of the fishbone diagram involves identifying the root causes in detail. This step is where the brainstorming magnifies. You will identify the possible causes of the problem that may be related to each factor. You will need to visualize each probable cause by drawing shorter lines off of each bone of the diagram. At some point, there may be a need to add a more complex sub-branch line coming off the cause line. In this example, the product readiness in the bones line then branches into the cause lines 
such as an unreliable technology, a rushed development, and too many unknowns. The shorter lines or sub-branch lines from the cause line, labeled unreliable technology, includes both introduced too early or inconclusive testing. Going further, identifying the following causes, then adding them to the fishbone will slowly fill out the fish's skeleton. As an overview, the available tools can be used to identify the real problem, including the five whys analysis, the affinity diagram, and fishbone diagram. The five whys analysis can be applied when looking at one major cause and needs drill down to arrive at one root cause. The affinity diagram can be applied when looking at several interrelated and detailed causes that have some things in common and can be grouped together as major causes. Lastly, the fishbone diagram can be applied when looking at numerous major causes and needs drill down to arrive at numerous root causes or causes based on the cause and effect relationships. As for other approaches, especially for innovation in processes, Lean Six Sigma DMAIC, pronounced DMAIC, is a five-phase method that includes define, measure, analyze, improve, and control. It is the approach applied by Motorola, General Electric, namely GE, and other major companies. The Lean Six Sigma DMAIC is beneficial when your organization is trying to improve a particular process, such as decreasing the number of defects or increasing overall quality in a product or service. A simple but highly structured approach allows businesses to incline into problem solving and continually improve productivity. The data can be used for other projects, therefore providing a more accurate baseline along the way. Here is a more in-depth discussion of the five phases of Lean Six Sigma DMAIC. First, define. During the define phase, the most critical and impactful opportunities for improvement are selected. This phase involves mapping the process along with the focus, scope, and goal to understand how the problem affects all stakeholders. Start the process by identifying the problem statement. Having a successful defined phase will help you move forward with a clear and defined objective and a timeline for project completion. Second, measure. The measure phase is where baselines are drawn to assess the performance of a given process. Without having sound benchmarks for comparison, it is not easy to track improvements. Remember to use visual management tools such as BAR, color, or run charts to achieve better results. Third, analyze. The goal of the analyze phase is to identify and test the underlying causes of the problems to ensure improvement. This phase will enable you to capture and document opportunities for successful improvement, and the plan of action will begin. Fourth, improve. With the analysis and data, it is time to make improvements. The improve phase may involve using management software to create a seamless process and achieve a cross-functional collaboration to make it easier for the management and executives to follow the progress of a DMAIC project. Last but not least, the control phase. The control phase involves making sure the process is under control and ensures its long-term effectiveness. At this stage, you can qualify the complete impact of process changes, cost reduction, efficiency, and more. Another approach growing in popularity is the customer journey mapping. 
Understanding and empathizing with customers provides a platform for meaningful interaction and successful business outcomes. The customer journey map describes how a customer gets in contact with your organization, its various tasks, emotions, pains, frustrations, or problems, gains, expectations, and key benefits. Ultimately, it is a way to identify opportunities through all seven steps of the journey, which are from the moment he identifies a problem or a need, he will look for solutions and evaluate them. He will then make a decision and proceed with an order. He might have to install or implement the solution. He will then enjoy the product or service and might have to change or adapt the configuration during its use. He might also have to perform maintenance, updates, and repairs. And finally, he might have to get rid of the product or service, which involves the end-of-life management. It is important to note that there could be more than seven steps in a specific journey. This process could become increasingly popular among club members as the scope of innovation now includes customer experience in many organizations. Hence, exercise is a powerful tool to better understand your customers and ease the way they do business with you while improving their holistic customer experience with your organization, creating one that they will remember for the right reasons. Let's prioritize opportunities and identify the best ones to bring out at the Innovation Project Portfolio Review. Once you have defined your opportunities, it will be best to prioritize them so that you better understand where to focus your efforts. A tool to easily prioritize your opportunities is to use an opportunity map with two criteria, the business strength and the market attractiveness. This tool is appreciated by many club members. The business strength involves assessing the business's core competencies and strengths and asking whether these competencies could be leveraged if the business chose to seize this opportunity. The market attractiveness is an external measure that captures characteristics such as the size and growth of markets in this opportunity, intensity of competition, margins earned, and the potential for developing innovation. As a reminder, if you like this content, you can watch the full version with animation by accessing YouTube. Search the exact title of this podcast to find out more.